Genesis 8.22, get there, we'll get with the program. We'll bring the, uh, we'll bring the ushers down and uh, we can dim the lights just to fuzz. I got a, something I want to share with you. I want to make sure I'm on so you can hear me. It says, 822, it says, while, uh, while the earth remains seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. So this is the word of the Lord. Amen. These are, watch this, Jan. These are principles that are locked in that nobody can do anything about. These are principles that are locked in and nobody can do anything about. If you follow them, you'll be blessed. If you try to operate outside of them, well, I won't say that. No, you're not ready for it. Um, I just want to tell you what the chapter's about, so don't get mad at me. Uh, so Noah is on the ark. The water recedes or it abates, uh, and at the end, after 40 days, Noah opens the window of the ark. Sent forth the raisin. Uh, it went to and fro until the waters dried up from the earth. Um, so I'm going to slide down so we can get to these principles. And uh, here's where God steps in and is trying to reshape all of creation. And he does it with eight people. So it don't matter in your family if everyone's on board just as long as someone's on board. You'll have a preaching voice, and I don't know if you're going to shout from an ark that you're building or where you're going to shout it from, but you need to be shouting it. So here it is. Go out from the ark, you and your wife and your son, so there's eight of them, and with your wives, and, and bring out every living thing that is with you. All flesh, birds, animals, creeping things that creep on the earth that they may swarm on the earth. And read this part with me. And they may be... These are principles. These are, these are principles, man, and it ain't going to change. It ain't going to change, and you can wish it and want it and everything else, but this is the way, uh, Chris, this is the way he's got things locked in. Let's read a little more, if I may. Uh... So he said, uh, back to uh, 18, so Noah went out and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives with him and every beast and every creeping thing and every bird, everything that moves on the earth went out by the families from the ark. Verse 20 says, then Noah built an altar. Say altar. Altar, altar is a place where you worship the Lord and ungodly people build idols. Godly people build altars. It's a place where you worship the Lord, do your sacrifices, and this is the altar here. When we built this and we added this on, we added it on for a reason so people could come and worship the Lord. We could preach the message. This is a reverent place. Uh, you're on holy ground, I want to let you know. You're on holy ground. Don't, don't come up in here and act like this is a saloon. I'm going to keep preaching until I... It's not a saloon. Uh, it, this, is, this is a place where the, where the word of God is spoke and I only allow people in this pulpit that speak the word of God. This ain't a soapbox. 
and so this is the altar, and I'm just, I, I you know, um, people try to change things. I was thinking about the electric car, and that's a good idea. Uh, I don't have that kind of money to buy one, but it's probably a good idea. Is it going to lower the carbon emissions and the temperature of the earth by one-sixteenth of a degree over 9,000 years? It may. I don't know. But I'm still kind of of the mindset. You know, I told everybody, I said, you know, back when I first started driving, like you guys, uh, anything that had a gasoline engine, I thought it had, should have a glass pack on it for a muffler. Yeah, Ford steps side 1960 glass pack. They have to six cylinder, but put a glass pack on it. Uh, it wasn't really going fast, but I everybody thought I was. Do this go rum rum. Don't do that, stupid. I you know we want and it may work. I don't know if it will. Will you ever buy one? Probably not. Maybe you will. I don't know. But is it going to change? No, these are principles that are locked in. Electric cars are probably good. I'll never own one probably, and you never will. But I'm just trying to figure out where they're going to store all the batteries when the cars go down. Oh, I'm going to get you. Are we going to bury these too? I'll move on. I just want to get the natural stuff out of the ground Mm, you'll get it. And when, the, and when the Lord smelled the pleasing aromas from this altar, the Lord said in his heart, I will never curse the ground again because of man's intention, of the man's evil heart, or man's heart is evil from youth. So from the beginning of time, your heart is evil, and God's in the restoration business, thank God. Uh, and he can restore you, can repent, and all these things. We'll talk about that when we get to Matthew 18. But let's do this. Neither will I, uh, ever I again strike down all living creatures as I have done. So he's, he's starting it over again. So God's always in the restoration mode. He's trying to get you restored. He's trying to get restore the relationship with you and your family and your husband and your wife and your kids. He's trying to do that. And then here's the last principle here in this paragraph. While, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. So these are principles that the Lord's installed. So God brings up, God brings up the sun, and He puts it back down, Amen. not the weatherman. Right. And I know you think He does, and with the colored charts and everything, like with all the orange and the red, He must really have hung the moon. No, God did. So if the seed time and harvest principle. It's like all the rest of them before, you know, the multiplying and the, and the heat in the summer and all that kind of stuff. We need to be involved in this seed time and harvesting. This just ain't about money. It's not just about money. It's about anything. It's effort. It's, um, it's prayers. It's love. It's kindness. And, and if I plant that seed, I'll get that back. And I can build, say this with me, I can build silos. They hold all my bounty. And he asked me, he said, well, what happens if I never plant a seed? <laughs> you won't have anything in the silo. Amen. It'll be nice and shiny, but there won't be anything inside of it. Let's pray on that note. And I don't know what seed it is. Maybe it's a financial seed, but while we're picking up the, uh, the offering here, maybe it's, a, 
maybe you write on the offering envelope or whatever it is or a piece of paper, hey, I want to I sow some prayer into the kingdom. I want to sow some kindness into the kingdom. I want to I just, I want to sow some service into the kingdom or whatever that is. You want to sow a seed today, so let's do that together. So, Lord, we want to sow some seed today. And I don't know, maybe it's a financial seed, or maybe it's a kindness seed, or maybe it's a service seed, or maybe it's a, it's a something. There's something in each person here that they want to share with somebody. And we're going to put it into your soil and pray that it creates a great harvest. And we'll, we'll have to build silos to contain it all. And then once you fill our silos, Lord God, we're going to share that crop, Diane, with everybody. And then you'll get the glory for it. And everybody praise this in thy name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Uh, applaud the Lord and we'll get into Matthew 18. Um, so this is super cool because um, I think like a lot of, lot of people who, who love boxing, one of my favorite boxers of all time obviously was Muhammad Ali. Whether you like this faith or not, I'm not talking about that. I, I'm a Christian. I don't know what... what faith he died in but uh, uh, anyways he always said I'm the greatest I'm the greatest of all time uh, that's what Jesus is talking about who's the greatest in chapter 18 um, so what I want to do is I'm going to do like we did the last service and I'm just going to we're going to just just turn nothing on but the stage lights for just a second and ask God to humble our hearts so we quit worrying about who's the greatest. Just, just for the church service, you can go back to your attitudes afterwards. <laughs> Let's pray this, Lord. I can't be worried about who's the dang greatest all the time. And I just pray that you start with me, Lord, that I'm a humble man. I just I want your message of love to go out and, and speak to everybody and use me as the, uh, as the least of all these. I'm just happy to be in, God. Uh, so bless us. And bless my friends who are watching on TV today. In thy name of Jesus, amen. amen. So let's turn back up the lights, and, and God's going to use this message. Uh, so we, we, uh, we, we keep record of how many home runs the major leaguers hit and, and the touchdowns and the knockouts for the boxers and all. We want to record it because we always want to know who the greatest is. And everybody, I'm the greatest and he's the greatest. And, and there's arguments. There's even debates over who's the best NASCAR driver of all time. I mean, I mean nobody besides Dale Earnhardt, but that's another story. <laughs> Take You can repent if you think otherwise. Yeah, I just, yeah, I'm a total Biggie fan, but anyways. Uh, why, why are we caught up into that, man? The greatest of all time, fish, the fish stories. Oh, yeah, if I would have caught that one, man, I would have won the Big Bass Bash Classic. I was, this, this, Tony, I was this far away from getting that one in. And then, you know, if you sit on the liar's bench long enough, it gets bigger. And we can make the greatest out of everything. I don't know, maybe they do in the pillow ministry. Like, I'm the greatest pillow ministry maker or whatever. <laughs> and they get into fisticuffs. You guys don't fight back there, do you? But maybe they're not really concerned about who's the greatest just as long as we get a lot of them. Then we'll get to that in a minute. I mean, they're like, we're not 
care. We don't care who's the greatest. We just want to make sure that the people in the hospitals are blessed by the pillows that we sew. Watch this, and they're sewn with love. And your grandma or somebody got one. Amen? Let's applaud our pillow ministry. Give it the bat flip. Uh, I've never been in the pillow ministry, but I'm enamored by it. That pillow ministry has been together for how long? Long, 40 years. That's a long time for ministry. Amen. Amen. Is your ministry going to last that long? I hope it does. Um, And I heard they didn't always get along, but I won't talk about that now. (laughs) I'm just making stuff up today. Let's go. All right, here we go. So I'm trying to get you off of who's the greatest, man. That's it. Oh, well, so we're getting, today we're having a softball meeting after church. And everyone knows I aspire to be the greatest softball player. But everybody knows that I'm not. I am the oldest on the team, though. And I can still make it to first base. I'm not the greatest, but when I leave there, I'm still saved. Right? I mean, for real. I mean, I'm good when I leave there. I'm like, man, okay. Uh, At that time, the disciples came to Jesus, and and so they're still, 2,000 years ago, they were arguing about who's the best on the church softball team. Amen. Some of the best fights ever are on church softball teams. We don't have the beer, but boy, we sure got grit, though. (laughs) Amen? Oh, you can go there. Uh, Who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? In verse 2. So, in calling him, uh, so all these guys are running around, and then uh, calling him to a uh, child, he put him in the midst of them and said, Truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like a child, you'll never enter the kingdom of heaven. Stop for just a second. So all these guys are worried about who's the greatest baseball player and a football player and who can run the 40 the fastest, who does 225 for the most reps, whatever. So he uses a little uh, human midget, the two-footers. He brings them over, and he says, you've got to be like one of these. And you know how your grandkids are. They just kind of frolic around, or your children frolic around. Oh, we don't care. We got... You know, sucker stuck in our hair. We're good with it. No. They don't care. And you're running around and they're running down the hall at church. Woo! And they're, they're loud in the back. I'm glad they are. And you go, what's wrong with that? Say that. What's wrong with that? Ain't nothing wrong with that. So how, how did we graduate to this snobbiness that we're at now? Worrying about who's the greatest. That's, that's what happens when you get too much world on you, man. We gotta, we're, we're in a defrag mode. Um, and before, I, I didn't know what defragging was, and I don't know if I've ever actually defragged. But I know when your phone gets too many things on it, it doesn't work like it used to when you first got it. So some people, you know, they're like, man, you need to shut your phone off for a while. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so maybe we need to shut the world off for a little.
Here's what I, for the church, I just want to find you leaving your phone in the car more. Amen? Don't take them in the restaurants. Um, I think I only got one amen out of the whole deal on that. I'm like, man, I can't make it through a whole meal without it. You'll never, he said, you'll never enter the kingdom of heaven. Verse 4, whoever humbles themselves like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. If you have that attitude, and they want to share everything, you know, they want to share here, you know, like the nasty, here, Grandma, would you like a lick out of it? And we're like, no, we're good. <laughs> and I'm not finishing your milk. <laughs> Ooh. Whoever receives one such a child in my name receives me. But whoever calls one of these... Li- so now you think I'm an exaggerator. Oh, he's such an exaggerator, our preacher is. Jesus is really, really, really exaggerating here. And I believe he's telling the truth at the same time to get your attention. You know, we're getting ready to do the millstone and the, cut the foot off and gouge the eye out and all these kind of things. Let's, let's go through them and see what he says here. And you go, man, he... He's, he's probably exaggerating and telling the truth all at the same time, if you can do that. Let's see what he says. He says, Who, whoever receives, verse 5, one such child in my name receives me, but whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a great millstone fastened around his neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. Now, I don't know about you, but a millstone, just so you know, millstones were used back in those days to crush corn and grain so they could make bread out of it. It didn't always come in a cellophane wrapper and pick it up at church. So a millstone would go around in a circle and it had a big hole in the middle and it had a shaft that pushed it around, whether it was an oxen or whatever. A millstone, 3,300 pounds is what they would weigh. So some, let's call it a ton and a half. Uh, he said it would be better that you had that hung around your neck than to cause somebody to sin, one of my little ones. Uh, and if you're a parent you, you, and, and somebody caused one of your little ones harm or to, to fall off or something, you go, yeah, I'd rather have him have the uh, millstone hung around his neck. And, and that's, a, that's a heck of a necklace right there. Um, and we don't want that to happen. Uh, but Jesus is saying, I'm telling you what, I'm serious about this. I don't want, the, I don't want that to happen. And then he goes right into, uh, woe to the, to the world for temptations to sin, for it is necessary that temptation come. Oh, my gosh, temptation is going to come. Temptation is going to come, and, and I think we know it's going to come. It's just what do we do with it when it comes our way? And we know we should resist it because the Bible talks about that. Woe to the world for temptations of sin, for it is necessary that temptation come, and it comes so we, he can mold our character with it. Because we're not robots. We need, huh, we need to learn how to say yes, and we need to learn how to say no. You know what's tempting to me, for real, I mean, just being honest, is all kinds of food. I'm tempted by it, man. I'm, I'm, I just I want it all. But as I, as I learn more and more about health, I'm learning how to say no more and more times to food that's offered. Because it's beneficial for me to take care of my body that way. Amen? Um, and some of you guys have temptations, and, and, and you know what they are. Uh, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. 
and uh, we'll put that up on the big board, and uh, let's talk about this for just a second. And, uh, and while you're preparing your heart today, remember that we have um, the Lord's, Lord's Supper, so get your heart prepared uh, for that as well, because we want you to partake if that's what the Lord's put on your heart. No temptation has overcome you that is not common to man. God is faithful. Say that. God is faithful. You got to remind your neighbor now. Say, God is faithful. Oh, and if it's a husband, scream in his face. And some of you guys have been through the worst things. And, and this, this is God is faithful is really the only message that keeps me hanging on. God's, I don't know how he's going to do it. I don't know how he's going to do it, but he's going to bring us through it. I promise you that. As a witness for the Lord, if God brought you to it, he can bring you through it. I promise you it can happen, but you'll have to yield to him and, and, and do what God has asked you to do. Amen. Uh, so no temptation has overcome you that is not common to man. So it means it's happened to everybody in some form or another. You can see that when you open up your phone. You went to... You know, look at this and that came. Don't look at that. You don't need to look at stuff that God forbids. It says God is faithful and will be and will not let you be tempted beyond what your ability. And sometimes he takes us right to the edge. I, I got to confess. And I don't like to do this, but I'm going to confess in front of everybody. Um. I don't like going to the ice cream store after boxing. But I do it anyways. <laughs> I, I, not all the time. I'm getting better at it. And I'll ask Mike Senior, I'm like, do you want to go? And he's like, man, you always ask me to go. <laughs> that is so tempting because it's right down the street. And it's delicious. But what I do is I justify, because I don't get large anymore or medium, I finally have ordered small for the first time in my life. <laughs> Say God is faithful and I'll move on. You're like, oh, you really got issues, man. Everybody was hanging there like, man, he's going to finally confess. <laughs> Amen. I did. This is my big struggle right now. Good Lord, help me. He won't let you be, uh, but the, with the temptation, he will also, say this with me, provide. He'll provide a way of escape. So make sure that you take the door when he opens it. Oh, that's so hard to do, man, because, and, and how we can justify it is, I'm here hanging out. To do ministry work. Ministry work isn't hanging out. Ministry is having something in your mind and you're on mission. People know you're going and they know what they know when you're coming back out. Amen? Or you too will be caught up. All right, verse 80 says in 1880, says, and if your hand or your foot causes you to sin and cut it off, throw it away. It is better for you to enter life crippled or thrown into the fire. And if your eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life with one eye than two eyes and be thrown into hell of the hell of fire. 
So now we're getting ready to go into one of the most infamous ones uh, that we know of in Matthew chapter 18, verse 10. And so you see that you do not despise one of these little ones. So he's talking about these little ones. And, and I think at this point he's not just talking uh, about little children, but all of his children. So don't, don't make, you know, don't, don't knock me off my square if I'm doing good. Don't, 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 you know, try to, try to get me into you. Don't, watch this. Don't try to spin me in your web. Don't try to spin me in your web, man. Just, just say this. I got to go. I got to, I got to move on. I got, I, I got to, I got to move on. I can't go there anymore. I, I got to, I got to roll on. And some of you guys want to say that, and I'm just saying it for you. What do you think if a man? I'm in eighteen twelve. What do you think if a man has a hundred sheep? And one of them has gone astray, does not leave the 99 on the mountain and go in search of the one that is astray. I want to tell you, you know, you guys are, this is a holier than thou section. <laughs> but he's still, family's still concerned about the one that's out there. So you say, well, how do you go? I'm going to explain something. Pastor Aaron brought this up in our pastors and deacons meeting. So we're at this rodeo yesterday, and we're there, and, and there's like there's like 70, 80 head of uh, 70, 80 head of cattle out here, and 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 they're trying to push them up because uh, we're getting ready to rope them. And this guy comes with four blue healers, and he, they run all the cattle in. They all go in except one, and you know who the one is? It's the one that's a little snotty. It's just running the rail, running, running the fence, and the dogs are barking and they're trying to get him in, and the cow kind of outsmarts the, the dogs, and all of them are all pinned up. But the guy that owns the place is just as concerned about the one that's running the rail as the ones he's already caught. Come on, talk back to me. Because you got one out there. You got one that's out there that's, say it with me, class, they're running the rail. They're running the red. They're running all the way around. And it's not a good idea. They need to be gathered with the rest of God's people so they can be encouraged. So after the dogs run around and bark for a while and never wrangle them in, he comes out himself and walks across the whole property to make sure that that one gets in with the rest of the cows. Amen. And he wants to do the same with you and your family. And he's got a plan He's ready to seek, he's ready to sick the dogs on the people out here who went astray. Amen. And that's called evangelism. Amen. And each one of us are called to do that. Now I want you to rise as I read these last three verses here, and I'm going to mix in 2 Peter 3, 9 here in a second. And, and, and I'm going to blow some people's theology away. So if I've wrecked your theology after I get done preaching this, don't be mad at me. There's one out there. I just want you to close your eyes and listen to this, and then you can open them right back up. You figure out who the one is that is, that is astray. They're outside of the picture of that being in this place down here, uh, down yonder, down in southern Missouri. And all the cows are in there. They're in, and they're doing their job. And all the ones out there, he's running around, Dave. 
He's running around, running around, running around. He's got the dog. Here's the deal. If he can't get the dogs to do it, then he'll come in himself and wrangle that, that nasty booger up. You're going in. He's fixing to send the dogs out there. What do you think if a man has a hundred sheep and, and one of them has gone astray? Does he not leave a 99 on the mountains and go in search and one that went astray? And if he finds it truly, I say to you, he rejoices over it more than the 99 who went, uh, that never went astray. This means he's still concerned about that dude out there or that lady or that young lady. Still concerned about him. Still concerned about him. He loves his church. He loves that you guys are in here on Sunday worship. He loves that. He loves it. But he wants you to know, Pam, he's trying to equip you so you can go out there and tell the one that's running the rail. You know who they are. There's one in every family. Running around. You can't leave that one out. We need that one. Say that with me. We need that one. That's what I liked about it, Steve Cherry. The old cowboy comes in and he sicks the dogs on him. That's how serious it is about cattle business. He sicks the dogs on him. That's how serious God is about his people. He, 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 he loves you so much he sent his one and only son to die for you. Now, now remember all what I'm saying is biblical because there's other schools of thought out there that have some very, very bad theology and I'm going to wreck it today for you. He rejoice, rejoices over it more than the, the 99. So it is not the will of the Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. That means, I'm going to say this real quick and then I'll, I'll move on to 2 Peter 3, 3.9. Now one of these little ones to perish. I could never believe for one minute that God wants any of his children to go to hell. What kind of God would that be? Oh, well, uh, well, we was under the understanding by some theology, some th sidewalk psychologist told us that there were certain people that were chosen, and then there were certain people over in this house that wasn't chosen. Well, look at me real quick. I'm going to blow that theology again. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise as some count slowness you're wishing that God would work on that person right now oh I wish he would crack it on him right now he's so screwed she is oh my god girl oh oh yeah I wish God would aren't you glad God was patient with you just just you're just hold on for a second you're just like you know what I never thought of it that way because sometimes, not you guys, but people go to other churches, they get so holy, they forgot where they came from. Same amount of blood to save your backside as it is your friend that you're praying for today. He wants to save them, Lord. We're going to go out yonder. I'll go wherever I got to go with my Bible, my old-fashioned Bible. Woo! You seen it? I pulled it right out. Right out there at the VFW Hall. Out of the case, man. Like a sword. And that lady looked at that Bible. She goes, my gosh, that thing looks like it's worn. I said, praise God. 
but it's worn, but it ain't worn out. They said, I know he's going to preach in here, ain't he? I said, oh, you're dang skippy, I am. I'm going to preach the paper off the wall. They said, do you need a microphone or anything? I said, I don't need anything but air and opportunity. And I got both, so get back. I love going in. I love going into the VFW hall. Love them. Love all of them. I love going everywhere to preach the word of God to everybody at all times. God's removed all fear from my heart. I operate under the the anointing of the Holy Ghost. When you're operating under the anointing of the Holy Ghost, what can man do to me? I'm gonna keep reading till we get happy. He said he's not counting slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that anyone should perish, but that each all should reach repentance. That, that, that clears up any bad theology, doesn't it? Isn't it amazing that people believe that some people are chosen to be saved and some people ain't chosen, but the household that believes they're supposed to be saved thinks the neighbor next to them isn't supposed to be. That's, that's some bad theology right there, isn't it? We just so happen to, our church just so happens to be the frozen chosen, and we're the only ones going. <laughs> Look at me, man. I'm one of those. <laughs> That's a bunch. My mom called it malarkey. Say malarkey. I have no idea what it means, but it sounds good. That's what Grandma said. Sounds like malarkey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aren't you glad there's a grandma out there praying for you? Patrick, she prayed for you just like she prayed for me. Just prayed the dang mess off of somebody. Don't ever quit praying for your babies. They'll, they'll come back. They'll come back, but you gotta, you got to crack it on them. You can't go, don't go light. Don't give them gospel light. Give them the adult version of the Bible. If you really love them, you'll tell them the truth, for heaven's sakes. Okay. I'm going to pray for you. Brother Mike's going to do, I think he's going to do the Lord's Supper with us. I guess your life's perfect and nobody needs to pray today, probably. If you need just any kind of prayer, Franny, just just a lick, just a little prayer, you raise your hand. I mean, just something that's just hanging on you like a, it's hanging on you like a, a bad cold. I'm thanking God. You feel his presence here? Just, he just, did I tell you, Diane, God's going to be around for a while. And everybody that decides to live in his kingdom, Dennis is going to live forever. I want, I want to be part of that family. I love that family. You know, I used to think that Christians were squares. Funny people. <laughs> They're a joke. They're weak. I'm here to defend Christianity this morning. You can't be a chump and be a Christian, I'll tell you that. And you can't be a baby. Christianity isn't for babies. 
learn how to man up when you become a Christian. I'll defend Christianity all day long and twice on Sunday. I love being a Christian. I love telling people about Christ and how he heals today. Don't you? It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a miracle. It's a miracle that some of you guys even got saved. Let's be honest. I'm in the group with you. Isn't that going to be funny when we get up there and that, that old lady live across the street from you? She's going to go, how in the heck did you get in here? I'll look at her and I'll go, same way you did. I didn't think you was going to be here as nasty as you was. But I'll move on. Oh, yeah. We're going there today. Uh, so let me get you ready for uh, uh, Lord's Supper and Burger will get you in there. Get, get ready, man. Get ready. You know, when you take the body and the blood of Jesus, you're reminded of the power, Linda, that you have in Jesus. I got power in Jesus. Not weightlifting power, but power to, to squash demons. I got the power to be kind when I want to be nasty. <laughs> Christianity gets in the way. You want to let her rip tater chip like everybody else. But I can't, Gary, because I'm restrained by the Holy Spirit. God won't allow it, Bauer. I can't get nasty. I've been made whole by the blood of the Lamb. Let's pray and get our hearts together. You guys get ready for the Lord's Supper. It's a good, it's a good deal here. Lord, I'm getting my heart ready for Lord's Supper, and I consider it a pure honor to preach your word today. For all the hearts that have been a little crusty and a little hard or got something going on, they can repent of the, of the thing that's got them in a, in, a, in, a, in a deal. And Lord God, as they approach the table today, that they remember of the price that you've paid at the cross at Calvary for their sin. And bless them and help them remember of how much you love them. That you sent your one and only son, Jesus the Christ, to die for their sin. For at the cross of Calvary, the ground is level for everybody. And we give you the glory today, Father God, that you have called us overcomers. And we pray all this in the mighty name of Jesus. And all God's people said, Amen.